the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Please be seated. Blessed Holy Thursday. So what we traditionally do on Monday Thursday at Jesus the Good Shepherd is um, an instructed Eucharist. When we started uh, Jesus the Good Shepherd in 2009, I called Bishop John David Schofield and I said, uh, what should I do on Monday Thursday? Because uh, washing of feet is another tradition. Uh, and so really people either emphasize the washing of feet or they emphasize Holy Communion. And Bishop John David said, you know, in our culture, washing feet just is something different than maybe in the ancient world. And most people don't uh, understand it or really want their feet touched, you know, in public. And so he said, I, I would suggest that you emphasize Holy Communion. So that's what we've done. So as part of that, we've, uh, we've done an instructed Eucharist. And so that's uh, briefly what I'll do uh, tonight. So, in essence, what we have to remember is that we are celebrating the Passover. Every Sunday, we're celebrating the Passover feast. So, um, we're not waiting for a once-a-year Passover. We're celebrating it every Sunday. We say every Sunday is a little Easter. Easter is a big Sunday. Another way of saying that is every Sunday is a Passover. Uh, and so, um, we're always celebrating the Passover feast. And, of course, Jesus is both the sacrifice, the lamb, and he's the priest offering the sacrifice. And, of course, the letter to the Hebrews talks a lot about that, right, about how it is that uh, he's able to, to offer that sacrifice one time for all, where other priests are always having to cleanse. Uh, he is perfect and cleansed. So uh, what we'll do is we'll look a little bit at the, the new prayer book and what we have in our binders is pretty close, uh, but when they finally published the Book of Common Prayer 2019, there were just a couple of minor changes, and you'll probably hear some of those as we go through the, the Eucharistic prayer today. Uh, you'll hear a couple of those just uh, small changes that were made. The Eucharistic prayer begins on page 115 of the, of the Book of Common Prayer 2019. Holy Eucharist is divided into half, right? So the first half is the liturgy of the word, right? So that's the point that we're in right now. We're still in the liturgy of the word. We'll continue with the Nicene Creed and the prayers and, and the confession of sin. And then at the absolution, that's the end of the first half, right? And the, the passing of the peace is kind of an extension of that confession of sin and the absolution. So that's the end. So we've read the scriptures our hearts have been stirred. We've realized our sin. We've repented from the, before the Lord, and we've received absolution. So we stand absolved before the Lord. That's the first half. Then the second half begins with, okay, now that we've received that, we're going to quickly eat, right? Um, and so, uh, and, and really, Holy Eucharist really is the, the shorter part of the service, isn't it? It only takes us a few minutes to do that prayer and to eat. So on page 115, uh, the, the Sursum Corda is the invitation to worship, right? Uh, and so um, lift up your hearts, right? That's the Sursum Corda. And so we're lifting our hearts to the Lord, so we're reminding ourselves, who is it we're talking to here? We're talking to the Lord. And uh, then we say, who are we talking with? That's in the Sanctus. 
right? We're talking to the Lord. Who are we talking with? Um, we're talking with all the company of heaven, with our angels and archangels and all that company. And the Sanctus is what we read in the Revelation to St. John. It's what they're, consa- what they're saying continually at the throne of God, right? Holy, holy, holy. We read that's always being said. So we're saying, we're talking to the Lord, we're talking with all the company of heaven, and this is what we're doing. We're praising the Lord. Then on page 116 is where the, <clears throat> where the body of the Eucharistic prayer is, several paragraphs worth. The only reason the priest says it is because, as you all know, it's hard to say all together, right, in the Nicene Creed. It's hard for us to listen to one another and to say it all together. So the priest, when his hands are up in the, the Oran's position, that's meaning I'm saying this for everybody. So when I lift my hands like that, I'm just saying, I'm saying this for, for all of us together. Uh, that's what that means. So on behalf of everybody. So the first thing that we do is we summarize uh, that, that the Father sent the Son to die on the cross, that he's a perfect sacrifice, and that uh, he instituted uh, the sacrament at that time. That's what the first paragraph tells us. So it's just this really uh, brief summary of, of why it is that we're here. And so if you wanted to tell people why are we here, it's in that first paragraph. The second paragraph has the first epiclesis. Uh, the epiclesis means the calling down of the Holy Spirit. So the priest says, bless and sanctify with your word, the gifts of bread and wine. So that's when um, I make the sign of the cross over uh, the elements, right? So that's the first epiclesis, bless and sanctify, the first calling down of the Holy Spirit. So at that point, um, I make the the sign of the cross over uh, the cup and the, the bread. Then the next two paragraphs are the words of institution. So those are the words that Jesus said, right? On the night that he was betrayed, he said, you know, this is my body and this is my blood. So those are what we call the words of institution, the words that Jesus used that we read in the gospel um, and in St. Paul's letter to institute Holy Communion. So we're reminded of those things. Then the next paragraph at the top of page 117, therefore, O Lord, um, uh, you know, we ask that that we would receive a blessing. So now we're we're summarizing, what's our hope? Why is it we're doing this? Why are we eating Holy Communion? Why are we keeping it? Well, we're doing that because we want to share in the promise of his coming again, right? And then the, the next paragraph, and, and we earnestly desire. Uh, so we're saying that, that we want to participate not only with, with that, but we want to participate um, in the forgiveness of sins and all the benefits of his passion. So what are the benefits? Again, the, the remission of our sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit and that uh, light of the Spirit in our hearts. Uh, a renewed conscience, all those good things. And then the next paragraph uh, is the second epiclesis, uh, because we say, um, uh, we, uh, we ask uh, that um, we be offered as a sacrifice, right? That we would receive the body and blood and be filled with your grace and heavenly benediction. Do you see that line there? Your heavenly benediction. So benediction again is blessing, right? So that's the second epiclesis. Uh, And we make the sign of the cross at that, right? Because we're saying, okay, Lord, we want to be blessed. So there's the second one. The first one is the blessing of the body and blood. The second one is upon us. And then um, 
we have a, a summary in essence in these next two paragraphs uh, we summarize which we say all the way through the prayer we're not worthy we're not doing this because we think we're great but because we know that we need your blessing right so accept what we're offering it's our duty um, and don't weigh our merits we're not asking you to count up our merits but but pardoning our offenses pardon what it is that we've done wrong and then that last paragraph, of course, is my favorite part, right? That by him and with him and in him. And it, it ends with um, the great amen. And it's in bold because that's what we all say together, right? So I need you all for really two important parts. The first part is on page 115 to say, and with your spirit, because if you don't say that, I just pack up and go home. And then I need you for the great amen, because you're saying, yeah, we're all saying this together, right? This was, this isn't just Father Howard's prayer. This isn't the priest's prayer. This is the prayer of all the faithful gathered together. So that's the, the Eucharistic prayer. And then of course we have the, 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 our father and the prayer of humble access and, and the Agnus Dei, all those parts, and then we receive Holy Communion. Uh, but that's the essence of the Eucharistic prayer um, there uh, in, in, those, in those several paragraphs on those two pages. And that's the essence of what it is that we do um, on Sunday morning. So the second part of this is that I'm going to show you just briefly uh, some of the parts of the altar, which you all know, but I think it's nice to have a refresher. So the first thing is that um, this big uh, apron that I have here uh, is a first century uh, uh, chef's or server's apron, right? This is what you would find a server have at a good uh, you know, first century uh, restaurant. So even though it's beautiful... It's servants wear, right? I'm dressed as a first century server at table. And that's why I have the stole on, right? You go to a nice restaurant and the server has the, 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 the apron hanging and the, the, the rag hanging, right? That you can hold the wine in and, and, and serve the food with. That's what the stole is, right? It's that, that extra piece. And then the, the chasuble is what this is called. It's just that apron uh, to catch the, the crumbs and the mess and to, to look presentable. In the Anglican Church, for Holy Communion, all that we require is what's called the fair linen, just a, a plain white linen. And we don't have to have an altar. We can have the Lord's table, so we could just have a simple table. And then we just need some white linen. Of course, we have a beautiful one with stitched crosses on it, but it just needs to be a simple uh, white linen. We don't have to have the candles, but of course, uh, from the Revelation to St. John, they, uh, they symbolize the light of the world, of the gospel, and the church itself, uh, the light that's shining on, uh, on us. And so we have, the, we have the, the candles to do that. The next thing that I do to set the table is I take the, um, the corporal, and it's called corporal because it catches the corpse, the body of our Lord, and it's essentially a, a placemat. So we've got the tablecloth, the fair linen, and then we've got the placemat, which is the corporal, and again, it catches the, the corpse or the body of our Lord. Then we have a pall, which is just a stiff board, and this is to keep the bugs out, right? Uh, and, and of course, uh, to, to keep the, the elements uh, safe. We have the, the paten or the plate, and we have a priest host. The priest host is just a, a larger host. 
uh, and it's just larger so that people can see it from the back of the room rather than that little one that's as big as my thumb. You would just say, why is he holding his thumb up? People in the back would think I was giving him the thumbs up if I didn't have a nice big priest host, right? So that's on the plate or the patent. And we have the purificator, which is just what it sounds like, just that uh, towel to, to wipe the cup. And so we always wipe the, uh, the cup. And then we have the, the chalice uh, or the cup for the, for the wine. is quite a time to be doing this, isn't it? Huh? Maybe the last year that uh, they let us uh, share from one cup uh, due to people's fears. 2,000 years of Christians drinking from the same cup, and now we're terrified, aren't we? So uh, we pour in the, the wine uh, into the cup, and we just keep the wine. Um, I think I'll pour it all in. We just keep the wine in a um, in a cruet, is what we call it, just a glass flagon, and then we pour in a little bit of water. Uh, why do we pour in water? It depends on who you ask. Uh, historians will tell you, well, uh, you know, first century wine was basically uh, condensed wine; it was syrup. So I don't know if you've ever had uh, you know, coffee at one of the hotels that come out of the machines. They've got that coffee syrup, that thick syrup, and they mix it with water. That's the way that, um, you know, that wine was in the first century. It was a, it was a syrup, and so you'd have, you couldn't drink it by itself. You'd have to mix it with water. So um, those folks would say, well, we pour in the water um, for that reason. Uh, other folks would say, well, it's because of the water that comes out of the side of Christ, right? That it's his, um, the, the blood and the water uh, that's separated, uh, right? Because of, of his cardiac arrest. So we've uh, set the table with the, uh, with the tablecloth, the placemat, the plate, the bread, the wine is poured. Uh, and then um, because... Uh, ancient uh, Christians and Jews were practicing hand washing long before it was popular. Uh, I wash my hands, right? And I do that in the um, in the lavabo bowl, which is uh, another word for washing. And the lavabo towel or the washing towel. And so the table is set and we're ready for Holy Communion.